Welcome to Combo's Court Podcast. Combo Court. Combo Court. Combo Court. What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 301 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Today's show, Matt Thomas, home PA announcer of the Houston Rockets and host of the Matt Thomas Show joins in to talk Houston Rockets basketball. A fantastic conversation. Can't wait for you all to hear it. You could find Matt on Twitter at SportsMT. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-M-T. You know you could find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. host of the Matt Thomas show, home PA announcer, Rockets Road Radio play-by-play. Welcome to Combos Court, man. How are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm glad you read my Twitter handle, at SportsMT, for the complete bio of my life. That was good on your part. <laughs> so you're going to be on 2K22, aren't you? Yes, it's dropping in like two days. I'm very excited. I had to keep it a secret for a long time, though. But it's not a secret anymore. How much time did that take to actually get all your audio into the game? Um, well, uh, it took six days. Uh, wow. I took a week off of my radio show in Houston, and I said, I'm going to L.A. I can't tell anybody why. Again, I had to be completely secret about this until you guys saw the promos for it. Um, I, would, I worked uh, Sunday to Saturday. I would record for two hours, take an hour lunch break, and then record for two more hours. Uh, all together. Now, anytime I said anything, whether it was the number seven or your name or LeBron James, it was considered a line. So it could be a sentence. It could be two words. It could be one word. At the end of the day, I read 9,000 lines. Wow. Yeah. That must've been a tiring day. You must've been tired at the end of those days, but it must've been exciting at the same time. It was, um, it, it was, it, it was a challenge at times because when you, they wanted me to be excited, I had to be excited for like 500 lines, and that was tiring. <laughs> I didn't mind being monotonous or very ordinary, like six, seven, timeout. But when I had to scream, LeBron James or James Harden or Anthony Davis or any of the other players that I screamed, whether Rocket players or not, that got kind of tiresome. So the producers of the game that helped me do this did a really nice job of breaking it up. I'd have some excitement, some monotony. It was just easy, but it was still those times where I was having to belt it out. That was a lot of work. Very exciting. Your career is interesting because you came into the game a champion, right? I did. Uh, I'm glad you I hope you can push people to that video. I was 22 years old. Uh, when I, I, I've been the PA announcer two different times, two different uh, sets. Uh, okay. First time was for three years in the mid-90s when the Rockets won their two championships. 
And then I've done the last five years of the Rockets too, plus doing the radio play-by-play. Um, yeah, there was a PA contest in 19, before the 93-94 season. And I was 21 years old and I thought, well, why not? I'd done some PA when I was in high school. I'd always been involved in speech and choir. Very public kind of not afraid to speak in front of people, clown show, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I got to the final two and uh, I didn't make it. And so they hired somebody else. And sadly for this gen- for the gentleman, he was so bad, they had to fire him mid-season. So they called me. I was a young radio guy at the time. They knew where to find me. It wouldn't take them long. And I jumped in probably February of 94, called the first championship, did all the 94-95 season for the second championship. And then I did a third season before uh, I left to become a play-by-play announcer for the University of Houston, which is my alma mater. It's such a great way to start because you have so many eyes and ears when it comes to championship teams, no matter what your job is with that team. Oh, no question about it. I got to tell you, I was kicking myself. Here I am, 22 years old, just turned 22, and the Rockets are beating the Knicks right in front of me for the NBA championship. I'm going to a party and hanging out with all these guys that grew up idolizing Akeem Olajuwon and Otis Thorpe and Vernon Maxwell and Rudy Tomjanovich, you know, and I'm at the best seat in the entire arena. There's not a person has a better seat than me. I turn around on my left, over my left shoulder, and I see uh, ZZ Top. All the guys are there. I turn to my right, and Spike Lee sitting one game behind me. I, I, I was uh, I was truly blessed. It's crazy how much the game has changed since back then, right? They were playing inside out, especially that Houston Rockets team. Do you ever go on NBA TV and watch some of those games? Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're like minute and a half left to go in the game and it's 92 90 and i'm like oh my god that's the third quarter now it was in that in those days it was ball down a low to lajuan yep. dream shake jump hook slam dunk if you got double teamed you kicked it out to kenny smith robert Ory, or sam cassell they would bury a three so it was not three and d like it is now but it was dreaming three dream couldn't get it kick it out there he hits a three-point shot yeah, they did have more three-point shooting. So that was kind of like modern game-ish, but it was just so Not even because, close, though, when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, look, it was so much inside out. Like, get it to – I mean, the Knicks were like that. There was just so many dominant bigs at that time, you know? Yeah, it's funny because uh, if you watch in the last five or six years, the only person I can think of when I'm calling the play-by-play of games that I see, my God, what are you doing? LaMarcus Aldridge used to live at the top of the key. I'm like, you can't do that in 2018, 19, 20, 21. And if you go back and watch Charles Barkley with those heyday with the sons of the 76ers, he lived around the top of the key or when, unless his back was the basket too. So uh, I love the game of basketball. I love both styles, but it is certainly a lot different than it was when I first joined the NBA. So I want to take it to current Rockets basketball. I was actually in Vegas, got to watch the Rockets play. Very exciting. Uh, yeah. That, that Pistons-Rockets game was there was something in the arena. You can't, You just know that something is happening, that it, this is going to be a lot of fun. You could feel the electricity. But who did? what What impressed you about their three rookies, Josh Christopher, Alfred Shangoon, and Jalen Green? Green is everything is advertised. You got to realize yes. in, in the world that we are in, except you who just lives at 24-7, we spent a lot of time looking at, at YouTube videos of Jalen Green. It wasn't like you know, the NBA G League, especially for an alternative team wasn't on on television a lot so yeah right the sample size was so small we didn't know what to expect but he jumped out of the gym 
uh, Shingun. I mean, holy smokes. I hope he lives in the double-double world that I think he could live in. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Christopher, kind of sly, a little bit of everything. I think you add those three guys. I thought K.J. Martin, for a guy that was entering his second year in the league, was blocking shots like I had seen all last year for the Rockets. It's going to be a very interesting team. I don't know how many wins they're going to get, uh, especially because, you know, they're just – they're void of the superstar. I mean, Christian Wood's a nice player, and hopefully he takes that next step. Yes. But – for me, last year, watching this team go through all the different lineups and all the different trades, to have a core hang together, hopefully, health-wise, I'm going to have five times more fun than I did last year calling their games. Yeah, I tweeted this the other day. Uh, Jalen Green's going to average 17 to 20, in my opinion. You could book it. Well, I think offensively, I'm not worried about it. It's about what he brings on the defensive side, and I think that will be the difference in him just being one of another bunch of guys that just goes to the G League. As you, as you know, they don't play defense in the G League. It's going to take a concerted effort for the for a guy like that who is so offensively guilted to be thinking about that half of the basketball. I'm not expecting him to be Gary Payton back there, but at the same time, he needs to be able to not be a sieve. And I think there, that's going to be the number one thing we're going to see as he develops is how much tenacity he can bring. And I think having a guy like K.J. Martin who brings that defensive intensity uh, to the floor, Christian Wood who wants to get better defensively, I think you know, him being around other guys that want to grow their game at the same time could only be beneficial to him. Yeah, and I think he has a chance for rookie of the year because he's going to get a lot of reps on this team. Like, he's going to get his shots up. He's going to get his stats. Yeah. Coach Silas, he had a tough year, right? Poor man. First-time yeah. NBA head coach. Russell Westbrook wants to get moved. He gets moved. James Harden, half halfway through the first month of the year, wants to get moved. P.J. Tucker wants to get moved. I mean, it. it you had COVID issues. You had... Christian Wood, who was just amazing, he's out with a foot problem. It was it was the record. Now, remember, this was a 72-game schedule a year ago. The Warriors, I think, have the most lineups in an 82-game schedule. The Rockets would have had, if they'd extended to 82, would have been a greater ratio of different lineups. So, again, there were a lot of nights where I don't remember – I can remember him openly going – I'm going to put eight guys on the score sheet, but I only think seven can play. And sometimes it was even the case of six. Going through what I went through last year as a fan and then as a broadcaster is something that I, I hadn't seen since I was a kid. So they've missed, they missed out on the playoffs, and they have also struggled to get 41 wins, and they've been an eight seed, but they've also won lots of division championships. They had 65 wins to a handful of years ago, uh, took Golden State to a game seven. So... There are so many draft picks coming the Rockets way through all the different moves that I don't think they're going, my God, what am I going to do if I don't? Yeah. Yeah. How would you compare the McGrady era to the Harden era? Hmm. Now I didn't live in Houston during much of the McGrady. So uh, that's going to be harder for me. I can only tell you as as much as you watched it, I watched on the outside. I lived in in Utah for a while and in Salt Lake and in Minneapolis. Um, the Harden era at its very best, uh, if not for Chris Paul's injury, I'm firmly convinced could have won that Western Conference championship that went to game seven at, at Toyota Center. That was a special group. 65 wins, good bench, shot threes, played much better defense than anybody would ever talk about in a Mike D'Antoni system. I mean, James has been one one MVP. He's been runner up, what, three times. Uh, is he an alpha dog? Probably not in front of a microphone, but it's about the court. It's about what you do. McGrady probably in the same situation. The difference I would say is 
both wanted to win a championship, maybe needed different people around him. But the number one thing that probably sways towards James that doesn't towards Tracy is the fact that James has been healthy for 98% of his career. Now, last year, obviously, with the hamstring he had were problems. But as a Rocket, there were a lot of nights that people would say, take a day off, don't play it back-to-back. And James, to his credit, wouldn't want to do that. And McGrady, obviously, was all hurt a lot here. Yeah, I think, like, T-Mac was probably at the tail end of his prime when he was at Houston, right? Well, I would think if you're going to th- if you're going to talk about Tracy and his best, you've got to think those prime years in Toronto, would you not? No, it, with the Magic, I would say no. Um, okay, maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, I yeah. would. I would say definitely on the decline of the dominant Tracy McGrady. Still Most beloved definitely. here. Don't 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 miss out on that. He. He is still beloved here. He's got a family here. Uh, I think he's got a, I think he lives here. I'm not, I'm not for sure. I see him around. My daughter plays volleyball. I think his daughter plays volleyball. He comes to Rockets games, but yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, he and Yao were supposed to be that one, two dynamic punch. And because of injuries and whatnot, it just never meshed very well with those two guys. You mentioned Yao because of Yao, there's still a big fan base in China, right? When it comes to the Rockets. Uh, it's dwindled clearly. Okay. Um, uh, it's it's important. Uh, I would say that uh, Daryl Morey kind of fractured some people a couple of years ago. He put a tweet out about Hong Kong. I'm sure you remember that. Right, that right. Caused huge, huge trouble not only with the Rockets but the NBA. So uh, I would say when I at the peak when the Rockets were winning as many games as they were, we were we were the number one team in China. I don't know if it's the case now. But I'm, I'm guessing that if you and I took a trip, that we probably could find some Yao Ming jerseys and that would only be in a Rockets uniform. So my guess is still popular, but not not to the level that it was, obviously, when Yao was here and probably not the level that it was, say, uh, two or three years ago. Yeah, when you watch Philly play and you watch Houston play, I mean, the Houston Rockets were way more analytic-driven than Philly is right now. What did you make of that time during the Rockets when, you know, and I heard – in their G, with their G League affiliate, like if you took a mid-range jump shot and you missed, you were coming out the game. I know it was a little bit different in the NBA, but I did have some, I do have some insight when it comes to the Rockets with some conversations I had in summer league. But what did you make of that analytic-driven team that the Rockets were back then? And it's still analytic-driven. Don't don't mistake that. This will okay. not be a team. Now it won't be to the level I think of what it was with Daryl, but right. don't hide it. I think most teams in the NBA are analytic driven. I, I really do. I think it's way more so than it ever has before. Uh, I did laugh that Chris Paul was the only rocket that didn't get scorned when, when he shot it too, because you know, that for the elbow jumper, he shoots over and over and over again. Yeah, you're that's not highly, out of Chris Paul's system. You're yeah. That's not. highly, that's highly efficient. No matter how you look at it. No, but it, well, there was a, a rhythm to it. Uh, Ariza and Tucker were hitting corner threes. They weren't hitting top of the key threes. Uh, James had to step back for separation. He also knew that that could also draw some fouls. Uh, I, I didn't have a problem with it. A lot of people did. I don't really particularly care what you do as long as it's successful. And I watched James be a scoring champion year after year after year. I watched the Rockets win division championships and be a top four seed and go to the playoffs, a couple of Western Conference finals appearances. But you didn't get over the hump. And, and that's, that'll be the one thing that'll be the hardest for all of us to swallow is that if you're going to buy into the complete analytics, there has to be a payday. It's almost like in baseball. You know, the Oakland days were the money ball for all those years. That won them to division championships that won them games, but there's no World Series trophy hanging out in Oakland. And I think that's probably the hardest thing for people here in town was if you bought into James and you bought into 
Daryl Morey style of putting three and D around and you bought into Dan Tony where it was get down there as fast as humanly possible, which became kind of a misnomer. The team didn't never let the league in pace. It always, the perception was it led in pace, but it never really did. Um, again, it, to me, it, it didn't bother me. I didn't necessarily have to see back to the basket. Uh, Joel Embiid is a special ball player, but there are very few NBA players centers now that play the game like he does. So if I'm in charge of Philadelphia, why would I want to bring the three and D to a, to a place where Ben Simmons can't shoot and Embiid is going to one of the best basket back to the basket guys in the NBA today. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. You definitely have to play to the skill set of your team. No, for sure. I think my light went down. No, it's I'm not a very good light. It's just terrible, but it's late, it's late at night. So what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, have you ever thought about an all time starting five when it comes to the Rockets? We just did it on a Bulls podcast and I was interested to hear an all time Rockets team. All right. Uh, I'm going to get scolded. So I got to figure out who I'm missing. So it's, if you're going to throw this at me, I'm, if I miss somebody, you got to tell me who I miss. No, I, I, all right. Hey, blank slate I'm for me. Go. I don't want to hear your thoughts. Okay, Akeem at center. Well, that's, yep, that's a given. Calvin Murphy at point guard. Okay. Um, what? Wow. That's well, the, She want me to help you? Uh, James, the two. Yes. Small forward of all time. You could go Rudy. You could go um, – see, Robert Ory's legacy is more about other places besides Houston. So I wouldn't put him in there. How about Tracy? Am I forgetting? Huh? Tracy. Tracy McGrady. Yeah. Um, Elvin Hayes. But, again, his heyday was really with the Bullets, but he had two different stints with the Rockets. He's a traditional four. Boys, are you going to give me five greatest players or are you going to give me – Guard, guard, forward, forward, center. That, I guess I think you have to separate it differently like that. Okay, who are your five greatest Rockets? Hmm. It was funny because Dream's number one for me, and it's everybody else is a distant second. So I don't, you know. <laughs> you gotta remember, Clyde got here midway through the '95, uh, the '94, '95 season, and and I mean, helped was the Robin to to, to Dream's Batman. So you got to give him credit for that. I feel like I'm missing people. Uh, help me out with some other people that I would uh, want to put on that list. I mean, uh, I would. I mean, I can't really. I think it comes down to the four for me, because Calvin point guard, James two, Tracy three, um, Hakeem five. So it depends on who you put I mean, at the four. Samson, but not long enough. Is he really a four? Well, he played. He played four when he was here with the dream with the with Twin Towers in the mid eighties. Okay, but yeah. really, it was a five. But he was seven four and was a stick. So that was his nickname. His name was Stick. Uh, Otis Thorpe gave you quality years. The four I mentioned, Elvin Hayes. Um, man, you threw me. You th- I, I should have been better prepared for this. I wasn't. I'm trying. I feel like I'm missing somebody. And when I find out what I'm missing, I'm going to feel like an ass. So your fault. <laughs> Matt, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back. Where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? All right, at SportsMT on Twitter. And uh, I'm approaching 27,000 people on Twitter. When I get to 30,000, I'm going to have a big-ass party in Las Vegas. I don't know if, you're, if your audience likes Vegas, but... Uh, I'll pull up to Vegas, Matt. I was just there. I'll go back, so let me know. I'm serious. I've been 35 <laughs> times in my life. I'm about to take my son on his 21st birthday for our trip number 36. We've been talking about this for five years. Him and his buddies are going, and I'm taking care of everything. 
have a good time. Don't go to the strip clubs. Don't go to any clubs because the girls are going to get the free drinks. You're going to wind up paying $20 for the drinks and <laughs> know how to play blackjack and know how to sports bet. So I'm, I'm handling that responsibility. That sounds like a fun time. You must have been to Summer League a few times, right? I, I In Utah, I have. I have not gone, but oh, I think okay. – I think we're going to start going and sending more people to starting next year. So it, we, the Rockets organization uh, was still COVID playing a role in traveling and whatnot. Plus there's new front office folks, uh, relatively new general manager, uh, new business manager. So we've just kind of been in a spot. Where we're just trying to make a transition and some things. So I think there'll be, we'll be a part of that in the future, which I can't wait because I'm a basketball junkie and spending and having basketball with all those stars and being in Vegas at the same time, I, I couldn't ask for more. Yeah, I think you would find it fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Summer League is Salt Lake was time. terrible because it was it was the, they used to call the Rocky Mountain Review, and it'd be like seven or eight teams, and they'd, they'd call fouls every five seconds. It was it was it was a tough watch, but I watched all the games this year, and I thought the, the you mentioned Detroit Houston game that had a playoff feel to it, and there it were ninety percent of the people didn't even know who any of the players were except for the top two picks. I did. I hope Jalen and Cade, I mean, they're not enemies, but they didn't come into the league like friends like LeBron or and Melo. Well, I'm about, not saying they'll be that level of player, but I think it could be a good rival, rivalry for a long time with those. Well, two. how about this? The Rockets have one national TV game during the regular season. One. It's against the Detroit Pistons in Houston. So they're, they're catching up to that. I'm looking forward to that. Matt, you're always welcome back on the show. Thanks so much for taking the time and talk soon. All right. Call me anytime. I will do. There it is, another episode of Combo's Court Podcast. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. And big shouts to Matt for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Also, share this episode with a friend. I would greatly appreciate it. Share it on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it on your IG stories and tag me at 1-2-Combo on Instagram. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 302. Combo out.